to another edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. This is our fifth podcast of the year, and John, we're excited to uh, announce a winner for our t-shirt giveaway, so we'll get to that winner in a second. Uh, one, of the, one of the big cruxes of the podcast today is going to be John's breakout receivers. We'll discuss, discuss each player, why John thinks that they're, could, they could break out in 2017. We'll also go over some news and talk about some of the Final days of early bird pricing for 444.com. But before we do that, John Paulson, he joins me as always, senior editor for 444.com. He's going to tell you about the music that brought us into this podcast. What do we got, John? Yeah, the name of the track is Day Stealer. It's by Music Band, which is um, a strange name for a band. It makes it difficult to find information on the band. So as I'm quickly trying to do that, nothing really came up. <laughs> it's like searching for... <laughs> It's like searching for inst- uh, information on the band from the 60s and 70s. Um, but the it's the name of the track is Day Stealer. It's an opening track off of their 2016 album, Wake Up Laughing. And I put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist so people can listen to it. It's a good track. Excellent. All right. Let's announce the t-shirt winner. User DJB underscore four. DJB underscore four. You're going to need to contact 444 uh, support at 44.com. So let me give you that email again. Support at 44.com to arrange a delivery for your t-shirt. So John, congratulations to DGB underscore four. Absolutely. These t-shirts are fantastic. He's a lucky man or woman. <laughs> or woman. Yeah, you don't know. I, I can't uh, see. All right. News, news for the week. Let's dive into it. Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey is, quote, having the best season since 2013. Uh, His wide receiver coach in Philadelphia, Mike Groh, believes that Jeffrey had his best offseason and that Jeffrey, he burst onto the scene, set career highs and catches and yards while finding the end zone seven times. That was in 2013, John. So according to Mike Groh, he believes that that Jeffrey's having his best offseason since that point, and Groh would know because he was the Bears wide receiver coach for three seasons, including Jeffrey's 2013 campaign. Yeah, 89 catches, 1,421 yards, seven touchdowns that year. The following year, 85 catches, 1,133 yards, 10 touchdowns. So dropped in uh, yards per reception a little bit, but added three more touchdowns. And then the last two years... Uh, he's only been able to play 21 total games. Um, has cracked the 50 yard or 50 reception mark uh, both times, 800 yards both times, and then four four touchdowns in 2015, two touchdowns in 2016. So the yards per game are there, 68 to to 70 to 90, depending on the year. Um, it's he's changing teams, which we all know he's going to the Phillies. Probably getting a upgrade in quarterback um, if Carson Wentz could take a step forward. Uh, I think the concern is you know changing teams does, usually doesn't lead to more productivity unless they're getting an upgrade in quarterback, which he may be, and uh, and or an upgrade in targets, which I don't think necessarily that he is uh, going to see more targets there in Philly. Uh, but there's reason for optimism if he's having a good offseason and can stay healthy. I think the question for me ranking him is – you know, he had 
his rookie year, he played 10 games and he had two seasons where he played a full season and then nine games, 2015, 12 games and 2016. It's just difficult to assume that he'll be one of those guys that's out there 15, 16 weeks. Let's talk about Jay Ajayi. ESPN beat writer James Walker noted that Ajayi started just 12 games last season and put up huge numbers. This is the first season entering uh, as the known starter for Ajayi, and he has more confidence and swagger that he can carry the load. And according to Dolphins head coach Adam Gase, he says that Ajayi, he might have 350 carries if needed this season. What do you think of Ajayi and whether or not he could put up potentially 1,900 total yards if healthy? That's, that's according, again, to James Walker. Yeah, I like him at his current early second round uh, ADP. I think that's a fair fair value for him. The the knocks I've heard uh, about him are that he had like a good portion of his yard. He had three two hundred yard rushing games last year. Um, so you can look at that one of two ways. You can say, oh, he had six hundred yard half his yards in three games, or you can say. He's capable of having three 200-yard games in a year. Uh, it's <laughs> True. Different, uh, That's what he did last year, yeah. Uh, he puts him on a pretty good list of, of players. Um, I think with him, when I looked at him and his season, it, it was really obvious that uh, he benefited when his offensive line uh, was healthy. He, uh, When Mike Pouncey was in the lineup, specifically the center, uh, he had uh, – 5.96 yards per carry. Um, and then without Pouncey in the lineup, he had 4.12 yards per carry. So I think there's a, you know, almost a two yard per carry difference with Pouncey in the lineup versus without. So whenever I look at Ajayi, I'm thinking about Pouncey and Pouncey apparently is on a good track, according to Adam Gase and is uh, going to be ready week one. Um, they may hold him out of camp and some of preseason in order to keep him healthy because they know how important he is. But in general, I like uh, the upside here and I, I have confidence in Adam Gase as, as a coach. And I think he's going to continue to turn around this, this offense and that could lead to uh, some good uh, fantasy finishes for, for Ajayi over the next couple of years. Before we talk about two wide receivers, let's stick with the running backs. Jamal Charles, there's a report that he is doing everything. And that's important because he's coming off surgically repaired uh, knee surgery. So doing everything quote unquote that includes cutting and Charles said that I feel I feel like the way I'm cutting that I am back to, to the normal me I'm still 30 years old I still have a lot of special stuff to do with Jamal Charles going in the 13th round John do you like his value yes uh, I've taken him in a couple of MFL 10s I think that the value there is, is very good uh, I'd be more inclined to take him in a typical redraft league where if you could cut him, if you need to get out of it and you can use a roster spot elsewhere. Um, but if he continues to have the, the good news, his ADP will rise a little bit. I'm, I don't think it's going to go too high. The fantasy community has uh, seemingly uh, written him off. I've talked often about the ageism in fantasy football and some of it is uh, appropriate and justified. And sometimes I think uh, the community writes off veterans too early because they don't have that uh, sexy uh, upside where top 10, top 12, top 15 upside. So sure. uh, the situation with in Denver uh, is pretty favorable to him as well. I, I don't think CJ Anderson has uh, a chokehold on that RB1 job. So if, if Jamal, Jamal Charles is 
85, 90% of his formal self, I think he'll have a chance to, to win that job or at the very least be a, a, a big time PPR, uh, you know, third down back with some, getting some work, uh, first and second down as well. Uh, he's a, he has a career 5.5 yards per carry. Um, he was 3.3 in 2016, but that was only, uh, three games, 12 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown before the injury. Uh, the previous year we played five games and then got injured was 5.1 yards per carry. So, you know, you've, he's got eight games played in the last two years. The difference here between somebody like him and Alshon Jeffrey is that Charles is going, uh, in the 13th round. So it, the, the cost is much less than what you would have to pay for Jeffrey. Who's going in the third round. Let's shift, let's shift to wide receivers, John. Washington wide receiver Terrell Pryor is working out reportedly with Antonio Brown and Randy Moss. Now, Pryor has worked out with Antonio Brown before. They're doing it in Pennsylvania. And Pryor said, and it's a good quote, he says, the, the good ones, they ask questions and they never think they've got it. They always want to learn. I'm not calling myself a great one, but I, I think I can get there. I'm always pinpointing meetings, always answering questions. I jump on a question before anyone else can. I enjoy it. Once you stop learning and I think you've, you think you've got it, that's when you lose. It's an encouraging note. It's a, it's, I know that Pryor's coming off a really good season in Cleveland. Do you think that he can be that prototypical number one wide receiver, especially in Washington, where they lost both Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson? I mean, I think he'll take over the Deshaun Jackson role, which was basically 100 targets. I think he's got a little bit of upside uh, from there. Um, but I think uh, Jamison Crowder will probably lead the team in targets, either he or Jordan Reed, if Jordan Reed plays a full season. Uh, so you're looking at Pryor as in the mix and the, I mean, he'll probably be, I mean, he'd definitely be in the top three in terms of targets, but will he, um, does he, is he going to be a threat for, to be number two or number one? Will he, will he have games where he leads the team in targets? I don't know. Um, but I think when you hear stories like this in the off season, there's a lot of fluff pieces or whatever, but it is nice to hear, uh, when a receiver who still, you know, he came in, he came over to being a receiver later in life and later in his career. It's good. It's, it's great to hear that he's going, and trying to learn from the best and that he's spending time with Antonio Brown who's the best receiver in the NFL right now. Um, arguably, I think he is. Um, and Randy Moss, you could argue is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, so, you know, picking their brains uh, and learning from them is a very good idea. And uh, it's nice to hear he has a, still has a thirst for learning and doesn't think he has it all figured out. Caldwell says that his wide receiver, Marvin Jones, says, quote, really, really had a good spring. Now, Marvin Jones uh, played well. You know, he caught 27 passes, 41 targets for 519 yards, and three touchdowns in the first five games, but he kind of disappeared in the second half of last season, John, with what the Lions are trying to do offensively, getting Eric Ebron more in the mix and all that. What do you think about Marvin Jones in Detroit? Uh, I read an article recently, um, that referred to, uh, uh, air yards. If you go to airyards.com, uh, it's a, it's a newer site. Uh, it's, it shows, it's basically depth of target. Um, and then which, which shows intent, um, is the argument here. And, uh, it's predictive of, of future, uh, production. Um, and Marvin Jones actually favors, fairly, you know, fares pretty well. Uh, he didn't have the great, or he did have a great start, had a remainder of the season, had a really tough time um, scoring fantasy points in general. Uh, but towards the end of the season, he was, his air yards picked up. So they were getting back to him 
uh, after some a midseason injury. Um, and, you know, he had 11 targets in week 12, and then he had uh, five and five and then seven and then nine, um, finished with 103 targets. So uh, I think the question, you know, here is with, with Anquan Bolden gone, uh, who picks up the slack in the red zone? Uh, will it be uh, Jones, who's a bigger receiver? Will it be uh, Eric Ebron? Uh, how much will Kenny Galladay play? Uh, he's been pretty uh, impressive in uh, offseason activities. So these are all components as to what's going to make Marvin Jones a season. I think he's a pretty good value where he's going. I, th- I think it's uh, in the um, in the 50s. I'm pulling up AF, uh, MFL ADP right now. I think he's number yes number fifty one off the board uh, in MFL tens. So that's that's pretty good value there if you're looking at him as the number two receiver in Detroit. John, before we talk about early bird pricing and get to your more breakout wide receivers, guys that you think could have a potential 2017 breakout. Let's talk about Joe Holko's articles for 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 four dot com. I know you're a big fan of his work, as am I. And he's he's going to write some rushing expectation pieces for 2017. He's got an introduction up, and then he's got a piece on Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. But uh, opportunity for you to talk about Joel Holka's work and what you like uh, and what you get out of his pieces. Yeah, and we we we're happy to have Joe back uh, at four for four this year. It, it gives us a really good look at all these running backs that he's he's charted a bunch of them, and he's got a ton of articles coming out over the next couple months. Uh, which will dig deeper than the even the, some of the advanced stats that we have to, to look at these at these uh, running backs and these different uh, running back battles. Um, so he's for an example. I mean, he has the introduction up. So if you don't know anything about it, you might want to read that. Um, and then he's got the, his first article of the year up for uh, Isaiah Crowell and and Duke Johnson. So he charts both of those players a certain number of touches over a certain number of game span, and then uh, is watching them on film, but then also seeing how they do given all the situations they have, whether they're running against seven man fronts, eight man fronts, um, you know, comparing how they do compared to what they should be doing based on the offensive line performance or team performance. Um, uh, so it's a, some of it's really detailed in the weeds, which a lot of people like. Um, you can also uh, get a, a feel for, uh, the numbers, uh, just by looking at the graphics and, uh, you know, maybe reading, uh, skimming the, skimming the article as well. Uh, but if he, there's a ton of good information there. And if you're like wondering, okay, the fifth round seems, uh, or no, the fourth round, third round seems early for Isaiah Correll. You know, why, uh, why does Paulson have him ranked, uh, as high as he does? Um, you can, you can look at Joe's rushing expectation. Uh, I'll adjust my rankings a bit based on what he he's saying, and then he and I are talking a little bit about what we feel like the back backfield is going to look like in terms of touches and touch share. Uh, and then you can also go to uh, the rankings themselves, and you can see I forgot to mention this on a previous pod, but there are little um, dialog boxes next to the player names, and if you click on those, um, basically a paragraph will come up, and that's these are these are the player blurbs that I'm putting into the rankings. To it's basically my take. Uh, on the player and then everybody at the the site uh, if they come up with a good stat or have have an interesting take on a player they can send them over to me and I might add them to the to the blurb um or write a blurb for a player based on it um so there's lots of good information that is is rolling out to the site uh in July and in August and Joe Holko stuff's a a, a great highlight of that 
Excellent. So Joe Holka at 444.com. Make sure you check out his work. By the way, early bird pricing, we're in the last couple of days, right, John? This is, yep. this is it. Now it's time to jump on it. Um, if, if you're on the fence at all about getting a subscription for 44.com, uh, jump off the fence. Get on it because you, you're going to kick yourself a week from now thinking, okay, well, I knew I was going to get the subscription anyways. Why didn't I just buy it when it was at a discounted price? So make sure you do that because, uh, we're, we're within the next couple of days here that the early bird pricing is going to end. And by the way, we're doing this podcast on Thursday, June 29th. So when's the last day, John? Do you know off the top of your head? The 30th? Uh, the 30th. And let me go over, just go over the subscriptions. So tomorrow's the last day. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. So hopefully you're listening on Thursday or Friday and jump on this. If you wake up Saturday morning, um, and think you might have, think you've missed out, you might want to go to the site. Uh, and check because maybe Josh slept in that day and didn't change the prices <laughs> over. Uh, so just a little note on that. Um, but I don't know if that's uh, going to happen this year. It's happened a few times over the past uh, four or five years. Um, but there's a classic subscription, which is what everybody uh, has been using for the last several years. Uh, $29, a normal price. It's $24 uh, for the year. The, the pro sub now is our most popular seller uh, because it includes – uh, the, the team sync that we're doing at the site where it allows you to import your teams from different, uh, websites, uh, different leagues and uh, highlight those players in the, in the rankings, highlight players that are available on your league's waiver wire if you want them. It also gives you unlimited, uh, drafts in, uh, draft analyzer. Uh, right now you get free draft analyzer, um, with the classic sub, but you have to pay $5 per league if you're, uh, going to, to try to import your, um, and sync your sync your draft with draft analyzer um, so that can add up if you're in three or four leagues and you might as well buy the pro subscription um, that's normally fifty nine dollars it's forty nine right now and uh, also includes auction analyzer software uh, as well and you can view optimal lineups with the pro subscription uh, also so and then finally the best deal I think uh, and this is for the DFS guys that uh, are procrastinators because we price this extra low. Uh, in the, in the early bird, it's 119 for the year normally, but we priced it at 79 bucks right now. So it's uh 33% off, uh, face value suggested uh, retail price of 119. So, uh, that, uh, that, that sub is really, and that section of the site has really, ha- has grown the most over the last two years with uh, Chris Raybon and TJ Hernandez coming on, offering up great, great DFS content. They break down all the, uh, the different uh, websites and the, and the value plays each week. Uh, there's a lineup optimizer, which I use for my cash games as well. It, it uses uh, uh, our projections each week to identify the, the best values and the best lineups. Um, and I've used it for two or three years now and um, I win. Uh, I don't win every week, but uh, over the course of the a year, I tend to win uh, a pretty good chunk of change. So um, I think uh that pays for itself uh, several times over. So this is uh, this is it. This is the best deal you're going to get on any of these subscriptions uh, until next February when you're looking at 2018. So uh, jump on it. <laughs> John, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast today. Let's talk about your 2017 breakout candidates at wide receiver. And I always think it's important before we start getting into the names and your reasoning, let's start off by defining what a breakout candidate would be for 2017. So go ahead. Yeah, the floor the, is yours. Yeah, 
this is the this is the article that we kind of previewed last week. We talked about uh, Willie Snee, Jameson Crowder, Stefan Diggs, and Mark Tavis Bryant, and Cameron Meredith. So we discussed the first five guys last week. Um, we'll discuss the remainder of the list uh, this week. But basically, it's these are guys that are entering their second to fourth uh, NFL season that don't have a top thirty finish in PPR yet under their belts. But some of them have been very close. I think uh, one of the players last week actually did crack the top 30, depending on the scoring system, um, but they finished 30th, so we let it, we let it slide. Uh, and then I, this is where I implement the fantasy points per target, adjusted fantasy points per target, uh, to kind of discuss uh, you know the chances of these, of these players breaking out. So the, the guys we discussed uh, last week all had a high chance of breakout. That's what, that's the chance, uh, chances of breakout. I, I listed as high for all five. So this week, uh, most of the guys we're talking about have a moderate chance of breakout. So I'm turning into kind of a weather guy right now. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off with Devontae Parker. He's 24 years old. He's going to be heading in his third year with the Miami Dolphins out of Louisville in 15 games. Parker was the number 50 wide receiver last season. He caught 56 passes, 744 yards and four touchdowns. And that all came on 88 targets I love Adam Gase. I love his play calling, and I think he's going to maximize everything that he's got in Miami. And Parker was a guy with a high skill set a couple of years ago, John. Yeah, I this Parker's been a guy that I've moved up and down the rankings in this offseason kind of based on these these wonderful quotes we're getting from the coaches um, about how Parker will have, quote-unquote, a giant, gigantic year according to his uh, offensive coordinator, Clyde Christensen. Um, Gase said that Parker looks, quote-unquote, hungry and is uh, doing all the right things. Um, my concern with him is kind of twofold. One, they, they still have Kenny Stills there, and Kenny Stills uh, has been a thorn in Parker's side in terms of targets and production in, in Miami the last couple of years. And then, um, obviously, Jarvis Landry is still there as well. But the other issue is uh, when you look at Matt Harmon's uh, reception perception profiles, Parker didn't perform very well in that. It's not like it's a profile that is uh, indicative of a um, of a breakout, a guy who's about to break out. But that doesn't mean that he won't. Uh, it's just a little bit of a cause of concern that he didn't uh, uh, have the route running uh, or doesn't have the route running ability uh, that compares well to the top 50 uh, receivers that are that uh, Harmon profiled in his, in his study. Um, so that's a little bit concerning as well. I wouldn't uh, really be surprised if he had a top 20 year and I wouldn't be surprised if he finished, you know, in the 40 to 50 range again. Let's talk about Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson. You mentioned them both. Inunua, you actually list as a moderate breakout candidate, but you, you've got a low ranking for Robbie Anderson. Anderson's 24, he's in his second year. And then Inunua, 25 in his fourth year. But you got Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, out of New York. So talk yeah. a little bit about Inunua and Anderson. So Decker missed most of the season and Inunua benefited uh, from his absence quite a bit. He ended up with 105 targets, 58 catches for 854, 857 yards and four touchdowns. He also rushed the ball once for 12 yards. Um, they're talking about him being sort of the centerpiece of the Jets passing attack. Um, and I think in PPR formats, he's going to, you know, he has, he's a good chance to, crack 670 catches or so uh, and that's and that's good for the the for PPR leagues especially he's not a high um yards per catch kind of guy but he he did average 14.8 last year 
um, which was actually better than I expected when I went to go look at that. Um, so he's 25, fourth year receiver. Robbie Anderson um, had a really good stretch last year where he uh, he had 12 targets against Indianapolis. He only cut four, but it was 61 on a touchdown. He had six for 99 on 11 targets against San Francisco. He had four for 80 on a touchdown and six targets against Miami. Uh, but most of that came with Bryce Petty under center. And I think Bryce Petty and has a man crush on Robbie Anderson and was, but, but it does look like a noon one Anderson will start. And if you're going to looking for a guy who's going to see a, the biggest increase in targets, um, I would have to think it's Anderson since the was starting at um, 105 targets and Anderson uh, is starting at 78. So he's got more uh, room to grow. Uh, the, it's not super exciting offense to be a part of. Josh McCown's a quarterback. If he can stay healthy, he's capable of supporting uh, multiple uh, receivers in a, in a passing game. Um, the Jets figured to not be that great, so you know they may have to throw the ball more than uh, they would like, and that could lead to uh, you know more fancy points for these two. Um, so there is some value here, especially with with where these guys are going. Anderson's like a last round type pick. Uh, and then his, his ADP has, has risen since, uh, since Decker was, uh, was, was let go. Let's talk about Corey Coleman. The Browns going, he's going to be a sophomore. So second year wide receiver, he's 23 years old. He was targeted 73 times as a rookie, but as you mentioned in the article, John, he only managed 33 catches for 413 yards with three touchdowns. The Browns signed to Kenny Britt, more of a traditional wide receiver in the sense that you know, he's more a complete wide receiver. But Corey Coleman, you know that he's got speed. You know he's got um, the potential to tear off the top of a defense. He's an exciting player. Do you worry about his efficiency? Yeah, I mean, 33 catches on 73 targets, that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, he did miss uh, six games in the early part of the season. Um, so his targets per game is there. Like 7.3 is fine. Um that's what you need if you want to be fantasy relevant and fantasy starter. Uh, they, they need to do a better job, I think, of, of manufacturing touches for him and getting him the ball in space. He's that type of playmaker. Uh, he's another player that didn't do particularly well in, in the reception perception um, study by Matt Harmon. So uh, it's not like I'm super optimistic about him, but the volume should be there. And if he grows as a, as a route runner and they f- can figure out uh, how to use him a little better and identify the mistakes that they made and, and correct them. And I think Hugh Jackson uh, should be able to do that. He's a good coach, a good offensive mind. Um, then he should uh, have a better year. I don't know that he's going to necessarily finish in the top 30, but uh, he's a threat to given the, um, the Browns probably will have to throw more than they want to. Uh, I do think Ken- Kenny Britt will have the better fantasy season of the two though. And then finally, before we get into some other young wide receivers to watch, the, the last wide receiver that you list is Dante Moncrief. He's a Colts wide receiver in his fourth year. He's 24. Why do you, why do you write that Moncrief is a curious case? Well, he, he's widely regarded as a, you know, up and coming player. And then you look at his splits with Andrew Luck, uh, cause that's who you'd like to see him play with. <laughs> Uh, if luck is fully healthy, but he's, um, I think it was over 15 games of the last two years, uh, 3.7 catches for 41 yards, uh, 6.6 targets per game with luck. Um, so that's not really what I'm looking for when I'm trying to rank somebody in the top 30. Um, obviously he's a, has a, you know, a good touchdown red zone profile. He has 0.73, 
touchdowns uh, per game with luck. And that's why he's, uh, he's been a fantasy factor with luck on the field. Um, the, uh, concern I have with that is that touchdowns are one of the uh, less sticky stats year to year for receivers. If you look at, uh, TJ Hernandez's, uh, article, recent article about uh, wide receiver stats, it's one of the lower ones in terms of the year to year correlation. So I don't know that we can count on all these touchdowns. I think, uh, with luck, we could probably count a little more heavily on, on those than with another quarterback. Um, but it's still something where Moncrief's, uh, touchdowns could dry up considerably and all of a sudden he's not he's you're not even keeping him on your roster during the year because he's only getting you three or four catches for 40 yards so he needs to take a step forward in terms of his overall production involvement in the offense you'd like to see him at seven to eight or seven to nine targets per game as opposed to six and a half and uh, so he's not somebody i'm like super comfortable with uh, at his current adp um and it's not somebody that I'm, I'm going out and trying to draft him. And if his ADP drops a couple rounds, then I'll, then I'll, then I'll pick him up and get some, get a few shares of him. All right. Let's discuss the other young wide receivers to watch. So these are guys that you do not consider high or moderate breakout candidates. You just note that, uh, there's, there, there's these guys that should at least be on your radar. Marquise Lee, Rashad Perryman, Will Fuller, JJ Nelson, Robert Woods, Kevin White, Tyler Lockett, and then Josh Doxson. You list those guys as your other young wide receivers to watch. Is, is there one guy in particular that stands about the rest, or you just kind of think that, 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 that the collection could have a decent year? Well, I think I'll just go through these guys really quickly as, as to why I'm not like super high on them, but then there are reasons for optimism. Marquise Lee had a good year last year. I think he finished uh, in the top 45 in PPR. Uh, formats. He ended up being the number two receiver there in Jacksonville. The reason I'm concerned about him uh, is the, the Jaguars drafted uh, Leonard Fournette, and it looks like they're going to want to run the ball quite a bit more and take the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands as much as possible. And that's going to reduce the whole, total number of pass uh, attempts for Jacksonville in theory. Uh, now, that may all fall apart, and they may have to throw the ball just as much as they did last year, in which case Lee would um, be back on the radar as a, as a possible starter, uh, especially in PPR formats. Perryman was looking like he was going to be a, a breakout candidate. Definitely would have made the list if, if not for the uh, signing of Jeremy Macklin. So now it looks like uh, it's going to be Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin um, in primarily in two receiver sets with Perryman as the third receiver. Uh, this doesn't uh, mean that he's going to not see an increase in targets because the uh, the Ravens lost so many. Uh, they lost Aiken, uh, Pitta, uh, Steve Smith. So there's a ton of uh, targets available, but he's going to need to see 90 due to 100 to, to really uh, be a fantasy impact this year. Uh, Will Fuller got off to the great start last year, but uh, that all dried up. Uh, quarterback play is an issue for him. Um, targets are an issue. It's more of a run-oriented offense with a, with a good defense, so it's um, hard to see uh, that offense supporting two uh, fantasy receivers. Uh, J.J. Nelson has had some moments, but it looks like John Brown is back and uh, and healthy, and I think you're looking at Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown leading that team in targets. So so Nelson would be the third uh, receiver, uh, kind of splitting time with uh, Jaron Brown, um, and that uh, doesn't totally bode well for him. Uh, th- this offense would have supported uh, three fancy receivers back in the day, but uh, Carson Palmer took a big step back last year in terms of efficiency. So it's more of a two receiver offense, uh, fantasy wise. Robert Woods. Uh, went and signed with the Rams, so the Rams 
you know, are, are trying to shore up the receiving game after losing uh, Kenny Britt, uh, Brian Quick. Uh, so I, I don't see a whole lot going on there with Jared Goff unless – uh, that whole offense takes a step forward, which it may, uh, with the new coaching in there. Uh, Kevin White, uh, I think is behind Cameron Meredith at this point, but it looks like White's getting healthier. Uh, and if he's starting for the, for the Bears, there's a chance that he could emerge as a, as a fantasy, uh, starter, but I wouldn't count on it. Tyler Lockett had a good, uh, run in the middle of the season last year, but Paul Richardson really came on after Lockett got injured. So I think he and Richardson are kind of vying for the number two receiver and, Seattle, and that's not a huge passing game either. You have uh, Doug Baldwin, who's kind of locked in with his role, and Jimmy Graham, who's a high target tight end. So, you know, how much is left over for for Lockett and or Richardson? Uh, Pete Carroll has said that he wants to uh, get back to the running game. They they draft or they signed uh, Eddie Lacy. They drafted a bunch of guys, signed a bunch of guys uh, at running back to try to kind of get that going again. And then Josh Dotson, I you know I think he's going to be the number three receiver in Washington after uh, Crowder and Pryor. And uh, you've, again, you have a, a pass catching tight end there in Jordan Reed. Uh, so Dotson's really the, the number four option there. And I don't think uh, he's going to necessarily be a, a fantasy factor this year, unless there's an injury in front of him. John, great stuff as always. You can follow John on Twitter at four, at John, uh, wait, I'm sorry, at John underscore four, four, four. Is that what it is? Nope. Uh, at nope, at four 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 underscore John. That's only the thousandth time that you've I know that's, said that's, that. And it's the first time you screwed it up. It's unbelievable. I mean, I say it every podcast, and we've been doing that for a while now. I always do it off the top of my head, and suddenly my brain failed me. So I apologize, we're getting, John. We're that's, both getting we're both getting old. We're getting we're getting old. We're getting punched punched drunk. It's almost a weekend. I think that's what's going on. Uh, and John, you 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 got a vacation coming up next week, right? Yep, off until the 11th. So uh, I'll be doing some player blurbs. You'll see those start to pop up in the rankings. I think that's that's my goal over the break is to get some, knock some of those out. But we're gonna take a week off the pod and then come back uh, come back strong. And we're gonna all the way through uh, the preseason for a week until week one. And we'll do two pods go. a week, two pods a week during the season. Boy, time's almost here. You can check out all of John's great articles and content at four four dot com. The entire site is fantastic. And make sure that you jump on the subscriptions, the, the reduced early bird pricing at 444.com. Make sure that you get one of those early bird pricing, whatever subscription fits fits best for you. But if you know that you're going to hop on board and, and make sure that you get John's rankings again and you want the premium content, which is outstanding at 444.com, you know you're going to buy it. You might as well save yourself a buck or two uh, and hop on it now because that early bird pricing ends on – Saturday, so make sure you get it oh, today, being yeah. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, you, it uh, ends ends on Friday. I guess I should. Say. It might be done on Friday, but if you wake up Saturday and listen to this podcast, you're like, "Oh snap, I forgot." You might want to check it. There you go. Just, just For- a tip. <laughs> John, enjoy your vacation, my man. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Anthony. You got it. That's John Paulson. I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com. So the most accurate podcast.